And let's not forget the fact that I just won two fuck. Did I, I think we talked about this that I won at the Sox game. What? Okay, so I went to this. Oh, I guess we haven't we haven't talked about this. Sunday. We talked about Elvis night. Yeah, then, dude, Elvis then, night. Yeah. I, what did I, you win? I won. So on there, they there's on the jumbotron. They have this game where you like play. It's like a video game you play on your phone. Yeah. And then it, it's like a home run derby. Yeah. And uh, the it keeps track on the jumbotron and then like of all the like the leaderboard and everything. And then the winner won uh, two free round trip tickets uh, to anywhere in the in the North America. What? And I won. No way. Yeah, so it's like through an airline or something? It's United Airlines sponsored. Dude. So I, I won two free round trip tickets. Out of how many people were playing? I don't know. I was just look. I, or is it like a, is it a raffle or is it like no, you, you actually win. have to play yeah, the you game? Play, you play. You fucking nerd. That's awesome. I know, dude. dude. I, it was the first time I ever played it too. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm surprised. We went, okay, fine. This might be No, this you didn't tell me podcast. about that. Okay, so dude, I'll, I was, this was a packed Sox game too, by the way. This was the Elvis night. This was Elvis night. Right. And... Uh, so we're there, four of us, me, Cappy, Mal, and her mom. Uh, you know, Mal's my very close friend that has the season tickets and takes yeah. me all these games, including on Sunday, I'm going to see the conclusion of the White Sox Yankee series. Yeah. By the way, we can talk a little bit. Oh, we can talk. I we'll watched come, the whole we'll, fucking we'll thing. Come, we'll night, come, dude. we'll come back to that. But yeah. so, uh, I've been to a bunch of games this year. I've seen this, that there's this game that gets played, but I've never played it. Cause I just like, I don't know. I didn't have the app or whatever. Yeah. It's on the MLB ballpark app that actually you need to have that app to like get in either yeah. way. And then they send you annoying emails and all that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, I just ha- finally happened to be sitting in my seats when it was like, Hey, MLB ballpark home run <laughs> derby is coming up. I was like, shit, I'm trying this finally. Yeah. And so, you know, played the game no and, fucking I, and way, I fucking dude. won. And That's then, crazy. and then, and the there cool, must have been a ton of people playing. Pro- I don't know. I mean, there I was imagine. like, th- I think it was 36,000 people in attendance. Yeah. Not everyone played. Say 10% of them were at least playing. And, uh, I like, cause I, you know, it's happening on the Jumbotron, but I'm looking at my phone cause I'm playing, right. you know, I, and I did, I had no idea that I was winning. I was like, oh, like, I, I guess I'm doing okay. Like, yeah. this doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then like Cappy say, I know his Cappy's like kind of getting a little tense, but like, he he's not too? saying it. no he's watching on yeah. the jumbotron they're all watching me they're on the trying jumbotron. not to break your concentration and then and then I'll, and then they're like and so it ends i was like oh shit i wonder what happened and then they're like dude look at the jumbotron you fucking won and i was like oh dude. my god i won and then like stood up and then i'm serious everyone in my section cheered for me it was like no they're way. like, wait you won what i like <laughs> i got cheered at a baseball game no dude. fucking, it was fucking way, wild. Dude. So I was like, I was kind of shaken. I was yeah. like, oh, whoa, I don't know what to do. And then like, I've, I look at my phone and I was like, you won first place. Go to the thing right behind home plate. And we were sitting like right behind home plate. So right. I was like, walked up the aisle and went there. They're like, oh yeah, here you go. Sign this. Uh, you, you'll get something within the mail in a couple weeks. If no not, here is like way. the dude's business like card. The, uh, the uh, uh, confirmation com- number com- and all that It was shit. like, well, no, I actually, I have pictures of the contract that I had to sign. Yeah. I have the business card of the guy who coordinates customer service whatever the oh, fuck dude, for the white I'm sox sure it's fucking, so uh yeah to, but so my, anywhere in the u.s you can go uh north or, america. north america mexico Ooh. or canada as well so i my question that i don't know the answer to yet yeah. is do i have to take someone with me or can i have two flights just like separate oh, times of that's the year a good you know question. what i'm saying or do they have to be two at the same can, time can to give, whatever direction. the fuck i don't know there's yeah mm. parallel flights i don't know why would don't it matter yet. i mean if the you know seats are seats. maybe because it's supposed to be like oh you and a friend yeah, you and on us, on United, yeah. which i'm single fuckers. Yeah, single and ready to mingle so, so fuck it, dude. Fuck it. welcome to the team yep. here we go welcome to the podcast 
Let's do this thing. What's up? Gear Buds Podcast, episode 121. That's a nice one, two, one. palindromatic Palindrome, yeah. number there. Right. My name's Henry. That's Dave. Heyo. And we are going to dive on in. Okay. First of all, Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder. Cables are tone tubes. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. We have we have a correction. Oh. And, and actually, you know what? In order to do that correction. Can I bring up the... I've got... I didn't want to. I've got some screenshots on my phone here. Okay. And uh, there's a big one. Let's see here. Did we get owned? I hope we get owned. One no, day. that'd no. be awesome. Like someone's like, dude, you guys fucked all that up. Like, all right. Okay, so check this out. I, for, I, this is going to be a long thank you to the listeners right now. Okay. This past week, I they will barely any of that will make the episode. You and I had a nice little heart to heart session about some things sure. that are happening in my life. As we do. Some good things and some bad things. And 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 I'll say that the bad things have been kind of rough for me and hard. And so I am super fucking thankful for our fans and friends this week, my friend, because you don't even know the half of it yet. Nope. I've gotten a number of messages from our listeners and friends just this week. About things with the show. So I'm just going to get into it. First of all, Hell yeah, dude. let's throw it to our buddy Steve Holland. Yeah. The drummer in my first band, <laughs> mad professor of engineering. Might be the smartest guy dude. who listens to the show. Absolutely possible. <laughs> Definitely smarter than both of us. Oh, yeah. So he's got, he's got, first of all, he's got an entry for the Ministry of Corrections. I'm sorry, Steve. It's Symphony, but the, yeah. I appreciate the thought. I loved the name Ministry of Corrections. I, yeah. Well, you know, we had to, we had, we had to Symphony was your doing, by the way, had, which yeah, was, I think, was one of your master strokes. Megadeth. Exactly. Uh, Megadeth is going to come up. Huge Dave Mustaine I'm glad you just said that. I'm going to talk about something Megadeth okay, later. Great. First, let's get to Steve's correction. Uh, I We were talking about Steve Jordan last week. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, here's all these other things that he does. And I mentioned Fearless Flyers. He is not, in fact, the drummer okay. of Fearless Flyers. That is Nate Smith. Okay. Both are amazing drummers, of course. That's Steve's quote, not appreciate mine. Appreciate that. Now, because... We, I appreciate the correction genuinely. Mm-hmm. He also, he, we had a little bit of a little conversation. He was talking about some other stuff. I'm just going to give, this is Steve's op- opportunity right here. He's going to list off his, I'm going to, I am going to list off Steve's top five favorite drummers. Awesome. Working today. You know, and I, and I just want to add, we yeah. don't talk, we do talk about drummers. We respect drummers, but we don't, Love the drums. we don't talk about them enough. So let's hear it. Let's Steve. hear it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you for this content. Now, if you had to list his top five favorite drummers working today, it would be Steve Jordan. Wow, Nate in, Smith in, in order one through five, or just this the is top how he five? listed them. I don't know okay. if they are in order. Fair. Uh, Nate Smith, who is the drummer in Fearless Flyers, yep. also a super fucking rad drummer. Glenn Kochi, who uh, I think our friends will know from the, the band Wilco. Mark Juliana, not really sure who that is. So, uh, Steve, maybe give us another correction for next week. And then Matt Cham- Chamberlain, oh. he's played with tons of people. I'm sure I don't have to list all that off. Um, and then he said, oh, wait, what about Stanton Moore and others? A top five is far too few. <laughs> also, then he went on to offer me some really kind words about, you know, being bummed, bummed out for me with the space closing and everything sure. like that. And, you know, gave me some some really positive things to say looking forward to hear about the next stuff all oh that man kind of stuff. that fe- that felt really nice steve thank you both for the correction Thanks, and just being a lifelong friend that and fucking I, I just want to say like you know when you guys send stuff like that it puts henry in a great mood and then he presents it to me and i get put in a great mood and it's just love all around dude so. i've got three more are oh, you ready are you yeah i don't kidding? know let me get all some right. coffee i know exactly i didn't actually even have any today oh, man. um here's one from former my friend and, and yours as well as former guest on the show who we we need to do this do one in person he was one of our virtual guests Stephen shirk shirk studios yes 
he also reached out, <laughs> frankly, more so about the uh, about the gear list of what I'm going to be selling, which I thought was really oh, that's great awesome. to hear anyways, because it's like, oh, man, Steve has great gear. So Plus, he, if, if you he wants to know about what I've got, then it's he, going to a good home if he picks right. up any of it. Uh, but uh, then he also went on to say how he's been. He was just doing this long solo drive and, and listening to a bunch of episodes. Oh, so. no way. Thanks. Thanks, Steve and Shirk. Go, dude, check out, you, go to man. Shirk Studios. Check out his shit. Awesome. Um, awesome, dude. That okay. Was, yeah. I'm going to keep it rolling. Okay. Here is here is another person My heart here. can't handle this. I know, right dude. Now. I'm. I'm I, maybe I should save him, but I can't because Get I've got, up I've got it here. I've, let's just do it. Uh, here we go. Our friend, Matt Barber Kennedy. I don't, if anyone listening doesn't remember that great name, he is the gentleman that I uh, bought the Jazzmaster from. Oh. And he was also the really cool artist, and you know I plugged his Instagram. Yes. And he's got amazing art, and I think some even I've some of our our like former guests have now followed his stuff. It's it's cool. But that's anyways, awesome. He texted me, and he's like, "Henry, hi, Matt here," and and I have to I have to quote him here because this just fucking seriously made me laugh my dick off. Said Henry, hi, Matt here, and then in parentheses, Jazzmaster, comma English bloke, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I fucking oh, yeah. remember who you are, dude. Um, but he was talking about. How, First of all, he's talking about how he's listening to the most recent episode and he's hooked. He's, he was also, he's out painting in fucking Telluride or something, doing cool artist cool. shit. And he's been listening to a lot of episodes. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which was, and he said he's super hooked, which I was really excited to hear. But also then he was asking some advice. So I'm going to, I'm going to put this to you and what you would say. I, I already gave the advice, but he basically, he bought a new White Falcon, a oh, badass wow. scratch oh, to ship out from, I think somewhere in the heat, maybe in California. So basically, and it's going to be sitting on a truck in mm-hmm. a heat wave. Would you treat it the same way as if it came off of a truck in like a, the sub zero temperatures in terms of temperature shifting, f- finish cracking, etc.? Mm, it depends on the room you open it in, I think. I mean, I wouldn't open it in a freezer or anything like that, yeah. walk, in, walk in freezer, but... Uh, I mean, with the extreme heat sitting on a truck, I, I'm that like, just make that clear. It's I'm, like, that's the concern. I'm well, and it's a brand new guitar, right? It's, it's not a new, it's not new, but it's not a 60s. It's, not it's 60s. like from like the early 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Cause like that. those are rare enough, mm-hmm. man, with a guitar that rare. And you know, like for me, if it was like a P bass or something, I'd be like, ah, I don't care. Those, yeah. those things are indestructible. But like a, a guitar that I, I'm not, I don't want to say that they're delicate guitars, but they have a lot of ornamental That's a hollow baby yeah thin, thin, yeah thin body i i mean conquer. i don't know if i would do the 24 hour thing i would kind of feel the box i mean if it didn't feel overheated and stuff and and the case and the case if the case feel didn't the case. feel hot I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much. Great about advice. It. Feel I, it. And and that's the big thing with the cold to warm. Like you can bring a, a something off the truck into a into a room. You'll feel that case is cold. The metal hinges on the case will be like you know. If the case is cold, that fucking guitar is cold. Yeah, that guitar is staying in there for a while. Um, I think this case. I, I think you have a better chance of of pun intended it being okay. Yeah, I think so too. I I did. I st- if it was me, I would still as as hard as it would be. I would still just let it sit for a day. I mean, if you're bringing it into like. You know, the other thing is, and let's be clear, this is because it's a clean guitar. Yes. If, I, if this was a guitar that was already a player, I agree. I don't. I mean, dude, I agree I with that. Maybe give it some more checking. Then I don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> right. like I love. I love yeah. if it's already beat up. Whatever. I agree with that. I, that's why. And you know, yeah, that's kind of why I use the term delicate, just because it yeah, is one. Those exactly. are those are super rare guitars. They're not cheap. Um, I would take it easy on it, but I think a, I think you know a good four to eight hours should be fine to like acclimate it i don't think it needs to sit for 24 hours like it would if it was you know ice cold you heard it here i i I think i still would do the 24 but i think you i think you're right dude yeah but again to your point the main the main thing is feel the case and and feel the room you're in too like don't have your Mm -hmm. air conditioning blasting at 60 degrees like maybe have it you know early 70s it should be all right i think it'd be okay so 
that's, that's my that's our little that's side take. If, uh, disclaimer if something bad happens to your falcon because you listen to my advice uh i cannot get in trouble for that nope just throwing that out there uh but thanks thanks matt that's, yeah it's great that's awesome you. that's thanks, awesome thanks listen. we've got one more dude i've got this was someone that we haven't that i didn't have never interacted with okay and this is uh, one of our fans named will bristol what's up will what's up? he sent us an email because we were talking about and this is actually great he he not he, unwittingly will has a, 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 a sort of addition or symphony a, a correction for the symphony okay. that was actually on an outline that we just never got to but wow. you were uh we were talking about deep purple and yeah we were i should have thought to bring up the fact that i and i totally didn't that with like a week or two ago catalan bread or i always i'm not sure if it's Kat, caitlin bread catalan bread i'm not bread. sure and we and we cleared that up with the guy and i already forgot i think it was catalan bread but, <laughs> and yeah we met them but yeah. they actually changed ownership like not oh, too really? long after that interesting uh but he mentioned the fact that and he's totally right catalan bread had just released a deep purple richie blackmore like signature pedal oh set. no fucking way i didn't it's know two that. pedals uh, the dream coat and the skewer uh, and the, and they've got this like sort of really cool psychedelic Catalan bread always has interesting yeah. uh, designs on their pedals, I, but it's, like, it's like really their, cool psychedelic top, yeah, thing sure. in, in like a box set. And if, and if you bought it in a certain period of time, they were cheaper, but then now you can buy them separately. Will's totally right. But they come together. As they come together piece. or you can That's now, cool. that was originally the, the gambit. And then now, now you can buy them individually. I bet those sound badass. They, do, I, I haven't played them, but I, the, I you checked out some demos yeah. and it looked, they, I mean, they sound great. Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, and, but they say, if you want to get to the Richie thing, he had the gotta tone, play, you got to play both. So yeah. good call. Will. thanks, man. Thank Just you. wanted to say he also, uh, I think he, I think he's either friends with or fan of Sam Porter mentioned that he's been a, a devout listener since Sam, which I think was like, early 50s so will's will's been with us for a while thanks what's up the name sounds familiar i don't know if we've i don't know i don't know if we have or not but thanks we really appreciate it so i'm gonna put my phone screenshots away now love hearing from you guys if anybody else wants to have their name and shit talked about on here or not and you still just want to talk to us we love it and it truly uh we're we're people too with bad stuff happening in lives and and we're all wow it felt really nice for me to that's get those. really cool and man I was, and i was excited to, to share those with yeah you, you didn't Dave tell me any show. of that this week so it was cool it all happened with you and your surprises like lately I, i've been trying to keep it spicy with this here <laughs> so um all right dude we've had i we've gone off on so many side tangents. i might i've got to do one more really fast yeah i don't know if you saw this yesterday and this may or may not make the show the socks beat the shit out of the no we're gonna come oh, to that okay. too dude that's definitely gonna make it <laughs> I might I've made an Instagram post on my stories. Yeah. And um, yesterday I woke up to a message from a woman that I dated in my very early 20s, like 2021. Wow. I'm now in my latter half of my 30s. Mm-hmm. We don't talk this person. I, we don't. There's no ill will, but it's yeah, just like it's been like 15 years. It's been a long time. Yeah. There have been a couple instances of paths crossing here and there but i haven't seen this person forever regardless i wake up to a, a facebook message from this person saying henry and then there's a photo and then underneath a the photo it says this is your ponytail and it was a picture of a fucking chopped off ponytail in a plastic bag weird so watch out dude she can make a voodoo i guess doll the story must careful, be because i don't remember this i must because i would when i would i would cut my own hair and yeah. i would just chop my ponytail maybe off, at a party guess, or something like that or, or just like i was just like hey i'm gonna cut my hair do you want this and she said yeah which is i guess sort of weird on my part sure weirder for her oh, to grand. keep it for 15 for years. fucking 15 <laughs> years i was like oh my god that's hilarious i guess it, it must have i i didn't it was like seven in the morning and i was just like what and 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 so that's i didn't, so I didn't random, dig into dude. it too deeply but it 
my general uh, gathering of the situation is that it was in some sort of like memory box oh. that she's had for that a long. time capsule, if you will. T- I'm buried with the rest of <laughs> my dirt. body here. Uh, that is okay. So maybe she happened. put it away. Speaking and just of like... us being humans with things going on in our lives, that's one of them. Hey. So anytime you want to be send some positive vibes our way, we'll fucking take them, folks. Maybe she was like, "I found this thing after 15 years. I'm gonna send it to the dude, but then I'm gonna throw it in the garbage because that's kind of I th- gross. I yeah right yeah. I don't want it, man. There has been so much shit that I'm gonna have to skip. This, this is episode. fun. This man. is great. I'm in a great fucking. We're movie, in the dude. we're in the symphony, so let's do some of the stuff. Uh, I think we've done some friends of the show. We've done some story time with Uncle Hank. Uh, do we have any BFI, GFI? I've got a couple things. Mm, okay. One, two more things for the symphony here, Dave. Okay. And then we've got another side tangent before Dave's Keep dies. them coming, man. Okay. We got BFIs, GFIs today? No. Okay. Yeah, I've got a, B, I've got a BFI. I've got a GFI. Okay. But this is just like a whatever if I... Hit me. I think... Okay, no. I'm going to pose it as a question. In terms of working with any scenario or outfit or venue or club or situation that you'd find yourself in. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most versatile finish or look or instrument on, on an instrument? Ooh, you mean like, and you mean with venue, like the stage, you could wear this guitar anywhere or bass. Right, 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 right. And it's going to look badass. Oh man. I mean, you know, because my, I obviously have an idea in mind. I feel like I'm setting you up a little bit with this yeah, one. Yeah, a little bit. And I've got an argument. And I didn't. I didn't think of this as a question. I just thought of this as a statement. But now I kind of wanted to hear before I say what I oh, think. Really I'm kind of curious to hear if there's anything that jumps in your no, mind. I think I know what you like, mean. Like um, versatility is the key. You can for like anything for sound and look and all that stuff. I would. I mean, I would say for sound, yes. The point I would say aesthetically is the point. That's kind of that's what I thought look, initially yes. you were going for. And, and I like I like the way you're thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, with a guitar, it's it always comes down to the classics for me, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I think it's it really comes down to the Les Paul or the Stratocaster for me. Mm-hmm. Just being, but like, be more specific. Um, oh, like and finish wise and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can I just tell you what I think it is? Because I think you're. What do you agree. think I'm gonna say? I think I, I think I think it's what you'll come to eventually. Sunburst? No. Okay. It's sitting right behind you. A black. I think the Black Beauty, yeah, is the most versatile instrument. I you could you could wear that at any black tie event, sure, and people would be like, "Oh, that's a classy fucking guitar right there." You could also play that guitar at the shittiest punk club, and yeah. someone's gonna be like, "That's a fucking see." I think your guitar. your particular one looks more punk rock than because like it's a, worn a dressy event. Yeah, yes. yeah. But mostly on the I mean, neck. Of course, you could still play it. You could still, and I and I would maybe give her a little polish, you know. Yeah, for, I but, noticed. I was playing, but it I think I okay. That's a good point. Like a a clean. Well, that's why I was thinking black like, like a fifty nine burst, like with the. But uh, like a fifty nine burst, if if you've got like a purple fucking tuxedo on, that's gonna look weird. Oh, purple like, tuxedo. That's what I'm saying. Like no matter what outfit you've got <laughs> okay. on, uh, like, okay. No matter what venue you find yourself in, I think it that would a clash. Black a, beauty. The orange of the burst would clash pretty hard. With yeah, the that's tuxedo. what I'm saying. There are there are some like color theory things, but like, white would be another good option. Although vintage white ages to a yellow, so then it kind of creamy deal. Like right. if you had a white tux and you had a an off-white guitar that would look nasty dude it's like you see uh, you see like sports teams that yeah. have 
like like the cowboys have different color grays throughout their uniform and it drives me the, fucking insane the vikings is the worst uh, thing for that because their helmets do not match their jerseys and that that's do true not with a lot of pants. teams and that and and that i noticed that especially with whites so which is why again i would probably think to stick with a black beauty yeah um that's a really int- yeah black i mean you can't go wrong tuxedo guess, to right? torn jeans yeah I th- actually, I, th- I got to that. I watched this video earlier today, which I actually thought was kind of cool. Gibson does a series of videos um, with Mark Agnesi, who's like their guy who got oh, in yeah. trouble for stuff. But he's a, I think he's a good dude. No, he's cool. And um, he's the host, and he interviews different people, goes through their guitar collections. He went through the, I wrote it down, uh, the brand president of Gibson. His name is Cesar Guikian. And they went through his collection. That dude has, I think it was like over 130 guitars mostly vintage gibson oh his collection is fucking nuts and burst you know yeah everything you could possibly think of he has more silver bursts than i've ever seen really and and, and he said that he had like five more in storage so that they didn't even pull out clearly his favorite it is but finish. he ha- but again he has everything yeah everything and then during this video who shows up but richie faulkner who people might know as the guitarist and that is now in judas priest he's a right. fucking amazing shredder replaced kk downing uh and then a little bit later who shows up and and like they kind of staged it but it seemed kind of funny uh dave mustaine and then he's hanging out and they're just like passing around flying v's and stuff yeah uh then they bust out what I, honestly dave look i liked this video and i'm not here to talk shit it might be the ugliest guitar I've ever seen in my life. What is it? It is the new signature Dave Mustaine acoustic Gibson. I don't think I've seen that. I hadn't. And this video was from a few months ago. It's an I don't ugly know. acoustic? Like, Dude, how does I've that even t- happen? First of all, okay. Is it too ornamental? That's part of it. Yeah. The main thing is that the way that it's the neck is with the body and the cutaway, it's like there's like this weird gap and it oh. looks like extra long like the somehow? cutaways extra deep or something like that kind of is it for extra shredding room possibly of course the thing that truly disgusts me about this guitar is the neck because i'm not sure if you're familiar with the dean dave mustaine signature guitars that he's had yeah i think so there have been a number of them one more garish and over top over the top than the next but they the necks have these the inlays are like this sort of it's almost like you know how jackson's have those like shark fin inlays where it's like it's like a triangle yep, off to the side I sure do yeah it's sort of like that but smaller and then two of them and mirrored so they're, oh. they're like on each side going all the way up the so neck they're like it's like a bat wing with the bottom cut off or something i don't know how to describe it other than unfortunate on an, a flying v but on an acoustic oh guitar, and they're on the dude, acoustic it oh, fucking God. i don't i like i think I am not. I try not to be too much of like a prude when it comes to classic design, but I saw this thing at like the end of this video, just highlighting truly the most magnificent, beautiful instruments maybe you'll ever see. Can I make a grand sweeping generalization? Yes. I'm just going to throw it out there. I think the inlays on an acoustic can ruin the whole fucking guitar. And I, I know think, you said I don't, the even, think you need, I don't even think you need to say acoustic. I think the inlays can ruin a guitar, period. Yeah, that's a good point. But a sp- uh, it's but especially, especially on an acoustic. acoustic. Like the fastest way to ruin If your it. mind is like, I need to get fancier. You're you should stop. Right. Spare 
very austere design on acoustic guitars always looks the best. Yeah, unless you're one of those old country guys who has their name on the fretboard. The I, only, lo- I love that. The only exception and 100% agree. It's so cool. But you can't buy a guitar like that. No, you can't. You, you get that made when you're fucking when you're awesome. country Joe yeah. butthole and you put that. I would <laughs> I would actually love to have country Joe butthole on my that, guitar. They could fit that on there. I bet they could. Yeah, there's plenty of room. Yeah, there's enough frets. I would have, would have, have to, to abbreviate it like a license plate. Work with the kerning. <laughs> Oh, I should also mention that 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 acoustic uh, is silver burst. Oh God, you didn't yeah. mention that. It's on top of that. I assumed I it was black. Yeah, uh, that's so, a good point though. A silver burst actually would match a lot. One more thing that I've got to mention about this video. This is great. You're gonna love this. I loved this, and it's gonna. I'm hoping that now mentioning it on the podcast makes it stick in my brain forever. Uh-huh. Apparently, this is a thing, and I've never heard this before. That among silver burst collectors, you know, and this is something you and I were talking about earlier today. You know, you, you you put the finish on the guitar and then you finish over it in a yeah. lacquer sure. and that lacquer ages and yellows over time. Especially so what happens ones, yeah. when a silver burst ages, oh, it well, turns green. it either turns green or it turns yellow. Yeah. And silver burst collectors refer to the yellow ones as piss burst. Ah, I like and, that. And Richie Faulkner was like, can I say that on this video? Like yeah. on the official Gibson video, which I thought was kind of cool that they yeah. left that in there. He's like, can I call this piss burst? Right. Because it's like your company's video. Yeah, that's funny. And it's piss. And we all know how I feel about the word piss. Like, so that's funny you mentioned that because I don't think you'd ever see an Antigua video from Fender where they would talk about puke burst. Puke which burst, is exactly. To, Especially or like mother age. of toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never heard that until you. <laughs> you might have to. You might have coined that. I one. don't think I did. I, I wish I was that oh, clever. Man. So that's that. Uh, that video is cool. Maybe we'll share it on the. On yeah, the thing yeah. Where, but I, Dave Mustaine has a really ugly guitar, and now I have a new term: piss burst. We can add it to grot box. Uh, last week shout out dave mustaine last thing here this is i think an amazing fi but we'll call it a gfi for good fucking idea so recently a couple representatives in the u.s house of representatives on both sides of the aisle ted deutsch who's a democrat and uh darrell isa or daryl i'm not sure who's a republican or a bipartisan group of co-sponsors recently introduced hr 4130 the american music fairness act the American Music Fairness Act would close a loophole that has allowed terrestrial radio broadcasters to go nearly a century without paying performers for their work. So this is like how if you've ever had songs played on the radio and you don't get played for that, they're trying to fix that because wow. of the streaming era. Yeah, yeah. And this would require broadcasters to compensate artists just like every other music distribution platform while protecting small local radio stations. No shit. Most of the radio stations in the world or in the country at least are owned by the same like two media company yeah. so it's really going after these two big companies tell congress now is time to end this unfairness in our industry you can send a message today there's a link i already did it, it takes like two seconds we can post it it's just like this little hyperlink you just put your name and then you sign the bill and then it's cool. like hey now they have to talk about this okay. so american music fairness act gfi fucking a one step in the right direction one step to get us artists compensated for the work Love that it, we dude. do now dave i'm very well this is like it's taking a long time but i'm near getting to say my two favorite words every week but before we do that okay we've got a couple things to talk about Let's talk. they're baseball related folks sure. so if you want if you it, want to skip ahead maybe like five minutes ahead okay because uh first of all feel the dreams game yeah we feel the dreams game it happened. was monumental it was yesterday from the taping of this uh you could not have scripted a, a, a more dynamic, interesting to watch sporting event. I don't care if you were a fan of either team yep. or just wanted to watch a game. It, if you're a baseball fan, that was an amazing game. Went back and forth. Sox were winning most of the game. Blew it in the ninth. Seeing a guy hit a ball into a cornfield was just super cool, dude. That was so. It just disappears cool. into nothing instead of having like walk fans off get it. home run at oh, the end. Yeah, eight thousand people going crazy. You could not have written that. 
couldn't have written it. Um, so in that spirit, I wanted to ask you, yeah, what are your favorite baseball movies? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Watching the the whole because they had Kevin Costner there, and he oh, was yeah. he was giving some speeches, and he it was he's awesome, man. And I really liked his interview. And I do want to say something before I answer your question. Yeah. Did you notice? Uh, did you listen to the interview where he was talking to uh, Joe Buck, and he was like he was talking. He thanked everybody he worked with, but he mainly thanked the music coordinators for that movie and making that movie so special because of the music that was in the movie. Dude, that I did notice that, which was in, very interesting, especially because I watched. For the first time in my life, Field of Dreams earlier that day. Oh, really? Just I to ne- prepare? I had never seen it. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch this baseball game that everyone cares about. So I want to like know why everyone cares. I remember watching it as a kid, and I haven't seen it in years. Now, I know it's 90s cheesy, but how does it hold 1988. Up? 88 cheesy. Came out. Even better. Late 80s so cheesy. So it turns out people have very strong feelings about this movie. Because mm-hmm. after I watched it, I then went and, and saw that, I guess, like Twitter was also deciding to like relitigate whether or not this is a good movie and i will say this there are a few things about it that are just flat out fucking ridiculous and truly weird yeah the main one though happens like right in the beginning of the movie when he like hears if you build it yeah come and i'm like what the fuck yeah, like, is this a ghost is movie? going on yeah right yeah it is a, is fucking, a horror dude, movie it is a fucking ghost movie yeah. but that happens right away like right away so i was like Oh, well, they didn't do a build horrible. up or anything. All right. Well, I'm past the like feeling like th- my disbelief has been suspended. So fuck it. I'm in now. And yeah. then there, there are some things that I really like about the movie. If yeah. you like baseball, you will like this movie. There's also another fucking really strange scene that if you ever go back and watch this. No, I I'm need, going I to. Need you to. I have to. to. There is a scene where. So like the one of the, the central this there is really is no central conflict in the movie it's kind of strange like it's kind of kevin costner like with his, the memory of his dad in some ways like there is no like main bad guy necessarily mm-hmm. other than his brother-in-law the redheaded guy who was also in major league uh who's like trying to get them to sell the farmhouse or whatever yeah uh and keeps like literally but the thing is is he's kind of the bad guy right. but he's the only person talking sense into him because yeah. he's like hey you shouldn't plow your money crop to right. build a baseball field and he's like i have to you, you're talking about seeing a baseball game going on right now an invisible I baseball can't game. see this <laughs> you should sell your fucking farmhouse yeah like, he's kind of the good guy yeah okay so then i you probably don't remember that's this. a really good point the way that he starts to see the ghosts is the one of the most fucked up things Doesn't he I've kind of the corn kind of moves and stuff? no oh. oh no this is what happens i'm going to tell you right now Dave. okay it, i still don't fucking understand so there, there's like a the, at this point now it's not just the you know the Black Sox there they brought a bunch of old, other players and Ty Cobb and Cardinals yeah. and there's like a bunch, there's a full game going on, including the old dude that he sees like how he sort of goes back into the 70s and then he meets Archibald Graham who's like the it's very it, dude it's really hard to explain but he goes he kind of goes back in time to the 70s meets this guy then they oh. sort of go back in time again on the drive when he's driving back with james Earl is it Jones. just like a flashback or is it no oh because it's at, like it's like uh it's like the christmas carol he brings him he's like a ghost that brings him to like kind of except then he meets the same guy again when he's like in his 20s okay gets into the car with him they bring him back to the field of dreams this ghost plays turns out to be the younger version of this other ghost uh, who's playing baseball with all them he's a he's a young doctor this is some game of thrones dude shit, check it man. out this is crazy the fucking daughter like so there's like the husband and wife and the daughter right kevin costner's kid 
she can see these ghosts yep. and she's like being a little smart aleck to the her uncle the redhead guy and she's like what do you mean i could see all the stuff and she's eating a hot dog and stuff yeah. and then a, a like a scuffle ensues and somehow because of the uncle they throw the daughter off the top of the bleachers i remember and she chokes right? and she like she's like fucking dying yeah so then isn't she choking on the hot dog well wait wait so oh, they don't know what they they th- she's unconscious they don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. They're like, oh my God, my daughter's dying. Like, my uh, the uncle just like fucking committed manslaughter. <laughs> Kevin Costner, and then they're like, oh, we should call 911. Kevin Costner's yeah. like, no. W- that fucking ghost is a doctor. Oh, so, perfect. So the, the young ghost doctor steps over the line, becomes the old ghost doctor, saves the daughter from, uh, turns out she was choking on a hot dog, even though they threw her off the top of these bleachers. Yeah. All of a sudden, the redheaded brother can see the ghosts. It took attempted manslaughter of his niece to the for for him to be able to see he the ghosts see the that ghosts are on now. the field. Right, and and all of a sudden he's okay with it. He's like, you definitely shouldn't sell the farmhouse. And also, no one seems to care that the uncle almost just fucking murdered his niece. Yeah, like yeah, threw her off the top of the bleachers. But ghost doctor finds a hot dog in her throat, and everything is okay and forgiven. Dude, I've got to go back and watch this. Movie it's fucking now. insane. Yeah, the music. I was also thinking about it. It's it's very time and place. It sounds like it's in the eighties. And as yep. I was watching it, I was like, literally thinking before I saw that interview. I was thinking, I wonder what if this movie was made today, which it wouldn't no. be, by the way. If this movie was made today, what would the music be instead of like sensitive reverby chorus? Yeah, piano. Well, I uh, I don't know. I mean, weren't they playing some of it during the game? Oh yeah, uh, in the commercial breaks and stuff. It's like very that? Yeah. sort of inspirational, but it's like that they ch- you know they chose this. Well, that's of what was kind bits. of funny, and I'm glad you asked that because I thought it was funny during the game. The players are still coming out to like little Yachty and like exactly, fucking Nelly and shit, and you're like, well, this is weird. Like, they I believe you all... just pronounced Yachty as Yachty. By Yachty. the way, that's yeah. how I read it. Yeah, well, that's yeah. how it's spelled. He should that's, he should change it. He should change it. Little Y A A. Why one of those A-H-T. little one of those little guys? But yeah, those little guys. Um, th- I thought that was kind of like I was like, this is weird because they're playing this nostalgic game, exactly. and then it's like and the socks <laughs> come out the thunderstruck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so cool. let, question: favorite baseball movies? What do you got? Yeah, dude. So give I, me a few. I, I well, Sandlot. I think it was the first one that mm, pops in my head. Lovely, but also because I was just a kid, and it just is such a dude. Would, Sandlot fucking slaps especially if you were the age of those kids when you first saw it like which i pretty much was yeah, like exactly you you can relate to the whole the whole benny movie the jet. Like i wanted to be as cool as him everybody wanted to be benny the jet with the new with the new shoes and all that pf flyers pf flyers baby um that and major league i think is just okay. hysterical yeah. which it, all political correctness aside i don't think they could make that movie today yeah i haven't rewatched it in a little bit i know that i did a couple years ago and still was like yeah this is fine yeah I, you know uh the i don't know that i've ever seen i've seen two i don't think i've ever seen three back to the minors no i've only seen one and two uh but uh, and I, I might have seen two more than one just because like when i was a kid i think it was on like hbo all it was on all the time i just remember charlie sheen like becoming a suit in that movie yeah That's yeah exactly because like he main... gets like a huge ego and exactly stuff. um but yeah uh vaughn the wild thing so all right good call sandlot sandlot and, did you uh, have so League. obviously yours is field of dreams after yeah, watching it. clearly <laughs> a league of their own for sure is mine uh, oh yeah the, that's you know, great we talked yeah. about it um yeah i mean there there are a lot i would i would also i i like moneyball a lot i know that's like more of a modern i've got to kind of watch classic. that again I i've watched it a few times time. it's, it. it's kind of a sleepy movie but yeah. i've watched it a few times and really enjoy it mm-hmm. um that's a good one did i even write any down i don't think i did and i i was coming up with so many yesterday Baseball sandlot movies. and major league definitely would be on my list yeah, oh um 
when I was a kid, you know, I liked uh, like Little Big League and oh, what's the one where the kid breaks his arm and he can throw rookie, fast. rookie, rookie of the year, year. He was was on the Cubs, one. yeah, yeah, Chicago yeah, movie. Of Angels in the outfield. Did you Those ever notice like in baseball ones. movies they always had like the same teams? Like it would be like the Cubs, the Yankees, the, the Twins, Mets. the White Sox. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was weird. They would just they must have licensed like certain teams. Um, oh, or, what was or the it would one? make sense, I guess, if you're talking about like major markets. You know, there's a reason that they put so many Chinese action stars in movies now because they want to appeal to the Chinese market. Sure. So you there are a billion fucking people there. Yeah. It would make sense. Like if you put Yankees and stuff, because there are just a lot of Yankees. It's fans just, everywhere. yeah. It's just like a, it's a household. It's name a, it's a household name. Yeah. So that was my little t- side tangent yeah. before. Now we get to the real deal I enjoyed that. where I get to say my two favorite words. I get to say every single week, Dave, you know, what those words are. Dave. Yeah. yeah. I like the crispiness of that mm. one, man. That was good. Got to it. Um, this is kind of fun. I'm thirsty and some water. This was a last minute one. I'll go ahead and get your water. No, no, I'll keep talking. Yeah, keep talking. This was a last minute one because I was up late watching the Sox whoop ass last Ooh. night and it was really fun. Um, but I ended up watching my trusty, I went to my trusty behind the music page on YouTube because I knew I was going to probably be asleep in like 45 minutes. So if you want to get a 45 minutes, you know, a quick one, a little quickie, uh, go check out some behind the musics. They're pretty much all on YouTube. The quality is terrible, but if you can get past that. It's worth watching. What do you got, bud? I watched somebody who we bring up quite a bit on this show, actually, believe it or not, um, randomly. Robert Plant's hair? Very close. Uh, Peter Frampton. Oh, I was going to say Billy Squire? No. I wish, I don't even know if there is a Billy Squire one. I would watch actually. it. Cool. You watch a Frampton doc? I watched Frampton. Behind the Music? Behind the Music Frampton. Oh, dude. Now, I, you know, obviously, um, I've owned uh, Frampton Comes Alive. I think if you own records, you pretty much have to own that You record. know what, dude? I have that on my dad's original compact discs, but yeah. I never went Ooh. back and bought the vinyl. I recommend it. Mm. Uh, I've got an old vinyl my brother gave me years and years and years ago, um, and I love throwing it on because it's it's just banger after banger, but I will say this. Um, Peter Frampton was like a... He was a... He started playing classical guitar at like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. His first band, he was like 11, and they were instrumental like rock Immediately band. a ripper. Early 60s, late 50s, early 60s. Um, so he was fucking amazing. Uh, fun fact, he went to like grade school or like maybe whatever you call junior high in England mm-hmm. uh, with David Bowie, who was known oh, as wow. David Jones at the time, which I thought was pretty fucking funny. And this comes full circle later. Um, he worked with he worked with Bill Wyman uh, producing records. I don't really I kind of mm. missed that part. It kind of went past me and I was like, Bill Wyman did records in the early 60s. I didn't know that, I didn't know that either, but some tie into the record industry. So he worked, uh, you know, recording people. And then he kind of got on as a guitar player in this band called The Herd in the early 60s. Um then he in 68 so then people like for some reason the herd was gigging a lot and people realized like he was like this hot guy mm-hmm. he was like a, a teeny he's very very attractive. attractive yeah he's got some teeth on him he but, was he was kind of like a, a heartthrob like a like a teenage so in heartthrob. 1968 teen magazine which i guess is what it was called featured him as the face of 1968 wow so he was like he got instantly famous yeah. as like this heartbreak guy but but the problem was he was kind of like well, I don't want to be a heartbreak guy. I want to be like this fucking badass guitar player. Because he is a badass guitar player. So they formed Humble Pie. Mm-hmm. And Humble Pie, they decided he wanted, they like they didn't shower. They were just like this grungy like rock band, right? They just wanted to be like this hippie, grungy rock band. And he wanted to be like a guitar player. So he tried to get as ugly as possible. And he was just being this, this guy, right? Uh, then Humble Pie was kind of breaking up. And he released a bunch of solo albums under the name Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. which went absolutely nowhere. All right. Right? So one day he's playing with open G tuning and he writes, show me the way in 20 minutes. Mm. Okay. The next song he wrote on that open G tuning was baby, uh, baby. I love your, uh, 
Ooh, Ooh baby, baby, I, I love, love your, ways. your ways. Yeah, baby, I love your ways. And uh, you know what that song always reminds me of? That scene in High Fidelity where they go and see uh, the woman performing, and she's mm-hmm. she's covering that song, and they mm-hmm. go, and he's like about to walk in. He goes, "Is that Peter fucking Frampton?" Yep, yep. And then it's so just like, like this. Brilliant it's a great of version it, yeah. of it yeah yeah absolutely because he's such a disgruntled i used to hate this song uh-huh uh-huh i kind of like it now uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it's just mesmerized um so i thought that was interesting so these two biggest hits he wrote in the same day wild now you might know some of this story because i think we've talked about him before. are we gonna talk about phoenix well the recorded the, oh oh no the playing okay oh, i thought you were gonna bring up his famous les paul custom oh surprisingly behind the music doesn't really touch doesn't on gear really that much on that. and, we'll and t- i want we'll to talk about, about i yeah. want to talk about that too um so what I thought was really interesting is those two major bangers, he put them on a record and they didn't sell dick, mm. like nothing, right? So for some reason, this guy, oh, by the way, all this time he's touring like 11 months out of the year. The guy is nonstop touring mm-hmm. or recording. So, you know, he's on a label and all that and he's getting paid. And all of a sudden at the end of like this 11 month tour, they're like, we want you to do a live performance at the end of this. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm exhausted, but I'm going to get it together. I'm going to be tuned up because I've been playing for 11 months. So on this 11-month tour, he writes a bunch of other songs. Those songs end up being on Frampton Comes Alive, 1976, which is, turns out in 1976, becomes the highest-selling record of all fucking time. Wow. By 1977, it sold 8 million copies. Gnarly. Yeah. So A live record. Yeah, a live record, right? And and it's like like I said, I don't think I could name. Well, I can name one because this is funny. So the record label, show me the way, man. The record label was like, well, I was gonna say I can't name another record. Oh no. Yeah. Um. So the uh, this is funny because he his record label's like, well, cool, you sold eight million of those, so we're gonna you know we're signing you on to to write another record that we haven't heard yet that you haven't written yet, and you need to sell three million copies of what? that. Yeah, because that's the way record labels did shit in the seventies. And he was like, uh, okay. So he goes and writes it, and of course it flops. I think he still sells the three million, but it it flops. Nothing no, compared to that. They show the the cover of it. I've got an area in my room where I have my record player where I I have a stack of records I don't listen to. Uh-huh. I have that fucking record. Okay, and it's just and it's him posing on the thing, and he's looking like a pretty boy again. And so what's happening now is he's getting he's getting drawn back away from the guitar player god that he kind of wanted to mm-hmm. be to being this pretty boy again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck, this isn't you know this isn't where I want to be. Then his management, because they basically have full control over his life, make him sign on to do this movie. And I wonder if you've ever seen this movie. Hmm. He does a movie with the BG Brothers, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. No, I've never seen that. And they make this movie and he didn't want to fucking do it. He's like, it's the Beatles. I'm not yeah. fucking like, I've never seen this movie. I don't know. But the music's all in there. It's them covering the songs. And it's just this dumb movie. It didn't even have a script. Weird. They were just like, they'd go in front of the camera and they'd be like, say this. And they would just say it. So the acting's awful. Like, everything's bad about it. And this totally... So strange. I can't believe I've never seen so that. So one year after he sells the highest selling record of all time, his career completely takes a Oh my step, God, yeah. Right? Then he gets in this car accident and like, you know, his wife breaks up with or his girlfriend breaks up with him. And all this, all this bad shit happens at once. And then... He, uh, the record label owes him like a million dollars once he gets out of the hospital from this thing. He's like, you guys owe me this money. This is bullshit. You're, you're hiding this money from me. He gets it. He invests all of it into the stock market. This is like the early 80s now. All of it in the stock market. Well, what happens in the late 80s in 1987, Black Monday comes around. Mm. The stock market tanks. He loses everything. Jesus Christ. Literally is homeless. He's walking out. He has his guitar and that's it. And he's walking down the street 
And this and his uh, this record producer that he had worked with pulls over and gives him a ride to the studio. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm going to be this side guy for like some guys who need a." He's just looking. He's jobbing at mm-hmm. this point, right? Well, guess what? Full fucking circle. Bowie. Who does he meet? Bowie. And Bowie lets him come down on his Never Let Me Down album and that tour for that album. Pays him a dickload of money. He's back. He's like he's like the Mick Ronson now. Like he's the mm-hmm. fucking guy. And so he gets to he gets to ultimately be the guitar player. And then from there on, it was just kind of like, yeah, and he can go do shows. And now people know the yeah. songs. But he basically probably just plays Framed and Comes Alive like in its entirety. And yeah, that's all he needs to do. But it's just this kind of cool story where he like he had these ups and downs his whole career. And I, I was like, I had no fucking idea. I always thought him as the pretty boy guitar player. And you say Peter Prampton and people kind of scoff and they're like, whatever, you know. I don't, man, because as as you may have forgotten, my first ever concert experience was seeing Peter Frampton. There it is. What so, year? Uh, let me do a little math here. I would guess. I would guess 1995 or six. Yeah, yeah. So he's just and he's just doing the fucking bangers. And I bet it was people Taste of Chicago. I bet tons of people were there and it was fucking. He insane, was the headliner. Yeah. Joan Jett opened for him. That was when I got to meet Joan Jett. Oh, that's cool. Thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I fell in love with her instantly on the spot. Oh, dude, I would too. Didn't realize that she wasn't interested in <laughs> young boys. Uh, well, that's or, any, or boys at all. And uh, <laughs> but the other thing, dude, I'm surprised. It's such a big part of his story, but I guess not. First of all, speaking of movies, um, I always think of him playing Humble Pie's manager in Almost Famous. Oh, that's and, right. And that famous scene. Where I got to watch they, that like, again. Trade. That's going to be on Dave's docs coming up soon. And um, also his, he had a Les Paul custom. I, I can't remember if it was a 54 or 56 that like there was the, they had a plane crash and then they like all of his gear got destroyed. They but didn't it turns talk about out it that. was stolen and then wow. he didn't, and it was in like Argentina and then he'd always wanted it back. And then it wasn't until like many decades later that someone realized like it, it, someone had gotten it, you know, they stole it and then someone played it for like 30 years down there. And then it kind of made its way around South America until at some point someone realized like, Oh, this is like the guitar. And it's called the Phoenix. They call it Phoenix now because it has risen from Ah, the ashes. And like, instead of literally the split diamond headstock uh, and lay on the headstock, like some of the, uh, pearl has come out so it's mm-hmm. like kind of almost like looks like an s or something or like a z i don't know it's it's really it's a fucking cool guitar but it, and it's been and it was literally caught on fire it was yeah. like the only thing that one of the only things that wow made it, so. that's incredible yeah so yeah i think his, they he got his guitar back i think they showed him playing that in the in the early days for yeah. sure yeah and then um and then he played the like the three pickup uh les paul too yep. was was a popular one Big i think one. he had a white one maybe i think that's on the cover of frampton comes it alive, might be if i'm picturing yeah. it correctly yeah it's like sort of a shot from underneath and they didn't well. talk about the talk box which i was waiting to Dude, hear that about was just, no, that was such a staple for him for anyone who's interested in learning that story uh we talk about it both at great length in our episode interviewing the guests or the directors of the pedal movie yep uh that's right Dan and mike but also uh, in the movie itself they tell a really detailed version yeah, of that story that's right that has a that funny shit. that has a funny story behind it yeah so um i thought that was just a, a little bit i was like oh you guys didn't even bring up the talk box they showed him using it for like one second and what i thought was interesting yeah. like when i've seen you play yours or attempt to play, I guess. Right, yeah, um, sort of make it do something. He had the cord like wrapped around and like kind of like twisty tied to the mic stand. Yeah. So he could just kind of go over here and do it and then back, be back on the regular mm-hmm. mic, which I thought was like, you oh, that's like, clever. You kind of like stick it in, like, in the side of your you mouth. You do, but, he, like, but it wasn't like pulling on his mouth. It was right. like, it was kind of like straight in. Yeah. So I thought that was smart. Um, but I, I fucking loved it, man. I thought behind the music, it was a good one to pick. I was like, I, I got 45 minutes here before I pass out, mm. and this is going to be it. So I gave it seven and a half out of 10 talk boxes. Mm, love it. Dude, you know what's so funny bring that up? I was also yesterday, there's, as we know, I'm, I, 
I'm, it's on sort of a minor hiatus because I have the ones that I want, but I, you know, I am the Dodd father, which means I look at DOD and Digitech pedals and I was like, you know what? I remember Digitech making a talk box. Really? Yeah. And because when I, when you and I were kids and, and like first getting into this stuff, yeah. I remember they were, they, it must've been new because it was in like all the guitar magazines. Anyways, it's called the Digitech talker and, uh, it's interesting because you know, like the the one that I have, or like the Peter Frampton one, you have to have the whole separate PA set yep. up, and it's this whole. It's really more thing. complicated than it seems. Super like it needs complicated. To be. Yeah. This is much more of like a. It does that, but in in a much sort of smaller, simplified setup where you can just plug it into your guitar amp, right? And don't need to have like a separate powered, powerful right. thing. Take a guess what those are going for. Oh right God! Now. Oh, minimum, I have to say, like. Four or five hundred. There's one on Reverb, and it's like twelve hundred bucks. Jesus. And those things were like one ninety nine new. And oh yeah, and you and know it was more co- of like a toy. They're co- no, they're cool, but they're not like they're certainly not like pro like no. the best vocoder thing you're ever gonna find. So it's just further exemplary yeah. of the market that we find ourselves oh, in right now. I know. But I was dude, checking great today. fucking Dave's doctor. Thank and you, I man. love talking yeah. about Frampton anytime. We I know. Can. I figured you might like that one, so we got into it. Well, we have we've been going for so long. We've only got time for a couple things here, okay. but there's a couple things, uh, a couple pieces of gear I want to talk about, and then I've just got another question for you. Ooh. Here we go. I just saw this, uh, and it's weird to talk about Behringer getting coming out with new future gear in here, but they're coming out with a new interface that actually looks kind of interesting and could deeply compete with the focus right of the world so Ooh. it's um dang it's called the studio xl it is it has two mic preamps and they're midas mic preamps so it's like from the like fancy midas shit because they acquired midas but it's also it's six inputs four outputs it has something called vca control so a vca is a voltage controlled amplifier it's something used all over electronics but not typically found in like lower level type gear. What, what it's really used for is maintaining perfect stereo control. So moving moving two things at the same time, okay. essentially. Yeah. Using a VCA, this is how they're kind of selling it. It really maintains perfect stereo and phase coherence, which is a big deal for this price point. Um, it it kind of looks like the Mackie big knob if you've ever seen one of those. So it's, it's an interface, but then it also has a big fat knob like my Universal Audio thing yeah. behind me here. But it's a bit wider and it has all sorts of buttons and stuff on the top. Uh, it has a lot of basically what you'd want in like a center console control, tons of outputs. It's only 249 bucks. And if it delivers on all this shit, it is going to like completely dethrone the focus, right? Because oh, yeah. it, it's like, it's, it has features found in not even like, not even very expensive. It has like very good, thoughtful features in a very cheap thing. So I don't know. You can't beat that price. I don't know how you do it. It has it, dude. It's got six inputs onboard talkback mic two headphone amps so if this is actually going to deliver for 250 bucks it's right. going to be a game changer man i can't yeah. wait i it's we've been well a couple of weeks ago we talked about behringer like because they were making the moog stuff they're right? making the which is not good i don't like that. right but we but it is something that they're doing it's like they're really they're trying doing. to like dude i'm glad we were talking about this because i thought of it and it's been in the back of my mind they did do something good recently this is a bfi or i'm sorry a gfi i always mix <laughs> up mix those up uh they had because to your point they had been b- building these like moog clones and all these like vintage Roland synths and all this kind of stuff. Well, they also had done some Oberheim Mm. and in part of that, they had actually acquired somehow Tom Oberheim, the man himself did not hold the rights to the Oberheim brand name. Right. These things happen throughout the years. Uh, but apparently Behringer acquired the rights. They decided to just give it back to him. 
Okay. Which I thought was pretty neat. Like, yeah, yeah, they are in some ways like raping and pillaging his legacy by making like super affordable synths using his designs or whatever. They certainly didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. So I, I think... If, if if we're going to be fair and balanced and, and talk as much smack as we do, I, I, f- I feel like I have to highlight the good things too. Yes, of course. That's a good thing. Great. As well as this, if this interface does what it says it does for 250 bucks, I mean, I, how I would, there's no way I could not recommend it. I mean, you know, it. Focus, Focusrite is like to my heart. I've got two Focusrite interfaces. Dude, right. I don't. They're coming for your fucking game. Yeah, bro. dude. And, and, and by the way, I buy, well, no, I have the new, the two pre's new, but like, I bought a used yeah, 1820, right. which, which was the eight channel one that I needed. So this is a six channel and, and the eight, the used one I got was like three hundred, so you're this talking does about a lot this more is shit. brand new and, and it, it does more it's, shit. It's probably it wouldn't be aimed at the same person going for the eighteen twenty like you're talking about. Definitely for someone with the two pre or for someone that just needs like you have monitors, you have a couple sets of speakers. Right. Like usually you have to spend extra money to do all that yeah, sort it's of all stuff. In one. So now it's like giving you those and two headphone amps. Usually That's, you get one headphone yep. amp and something that yep. size, and it can be a bummer. You have to get a separate headphone right. amp, which I've done. That's this one has two. That's so crazy. Super, super neat. Uh, if it's going it to be what it's, it's not out yet, okay. but uh, it's soon and they're, they have not given the release date, but I saw pictures of all the whole stuff and all the specs and they're very excited about Dang. it. Here we go. Uh, one more piece of good that this is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while here. And this is the, stop me if we got to this. Did we talk about this elk live bridge? The thing where you can like stream and like play in real time with each other. Well, no, we've always talked about the idea of that. Okay. All right. Perfect. That was kind of a COVID conversation. That was a COVID conversation. And and this is a product that I have to imagine, you know, I think it was in progress before, but largely seems to have come out of the COVID world. Okay. So there's this, this, it's this company called Elk, Elk Audio, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, They've changed the name of the product a couple times, so I'm not actually sure what it's called or not. I think it's called the the Elk Bridge or or just the bridge, Mm -hmm. but what it is, it's an interface connects to your computer and you plug in your guitar or microphone into it. I think it has two channels and uh, it's $399. Although I think it might be at like a pre order cheaper thing still right now for 320. Sure. So what it is, it's, it's a device that it's an interface that allows you and anyone else who has it within a certain amount of distance to be able to jam in real time remote. No lag, no lag or well, imperceptible lag right i think anything less than 10 milliseconds i believe is yeah. typically imperceptible but to be fair it's virtually all right so check it out i've got some stuff up. written about this okay. down uh, first of all it's a swedish company and um, sweden dude just they're it. doing they're doing the thing it first of all it's important to know that the viability of this product is dependent on a couple of things namely one your internet connection mm-hmm. it has to be hardwired to your modem you can't do any like wi-fi bullshit so that could be a limiting factor for a lot of people if you only have wi-fi or only have cell phone like you can't plug hard into a, a router with a high speed you know broadband connection this isn't going to work for you the other thing is that it's dependent on distance meaning the distance between the users jamming i was with each curious other. about that because you said within a within a distance so, do you so know what that is? um so from instrument to router we're talking about less than one millisecond of lag mm-hmm. so that's not nothing there to right. really worry about. Uh, and and then on an, aber- and on an average fiber optic connection, which I actually have here, uh, you get about 100 kilometers per millisecond, which is 62 miles. Okay. Um, which is, and, and this is what they rate it at, mm-hmm. which is approximately 50% of what you'd get like optimally. So all that's to say is that that means that playing with someone 100 kilometers away, which is easier math, but 621 miles 
will give you an overall latency of 10 milliseconds. That means you get about the same latency you get when you're standing. They, 10 milliseconds is kind of the baseline because when you're jamming in a room with someone, three they say three meters, that's like 10 feet away, which yeah, is like which about is, what you'd be in a practice space. That's You get about 10 milliseconds of latency. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So in other words, it's basically like playing in the same room with someone up to 100 kilometers, 621 miles that's away. That's far, from man. You, which is pretty far. Yeah, that's like... I think from the, I mean, it's not quite from here to New York. I know New York's maybe like no. a thousand miles from here. Yeah. The, again, this is also what they state. They said that in practice, uh, testing, because it's still in this beta period, they've seen people far surpass those distances okay. and still have an okay latency. Again, you both need to have this interface. Right. You both need to be on a strong, wired, hardwired internet connection. Right. Here's the last thing I didn't mention, which is kind of a, a problem for me. But I guess I understand. There's also a monthly subscription. Ow. So you buy the interface, but in order to use their infrastructure somehow, you're then, I don't know what the subscription fee is, but then you do have to pay a monthly fee. Now, I might be, I might be guessing that this is something that uh, they're working towards or already have, or if not, they should listen to me and do this. There's got to be some kind of social aspect to it, like a forum you can sign up for, mm. jam with people in your area or people who have this device. Dude, get a login. Brilliant idea. Because right, because if it's just me and you and you live 600 miles away and we're jamming, but yeah. like you know, we both have the thing, that's fine. But if you could meet drummers from other places and guitar players from other places and singers, like I that would be agree. fucking. Especially awesome. if you've got like because this is all audio that we're talking about, but you know, everyone just have a simple forum, a little Zoom. Uh, like a little zoom yeah, aspect little camera, to it. Yeah. Then you can do, have you ever seen that movie with Rain Wilson? I can't remember what it's called. It's like the rocker or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like the old dude he's drummer. The old drummer, yeah. And that, they would, that's how they used to have band practices in that movie. I right. remember it like over like Which video chat. Which is so chat. funny because. But it's, it's fucking impossible. And that movie was like 15 years ago. Yeah, or and he's like naked and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this Elk Elk Bridge or Elk Live, I'll have to make sure that I get that right when I post it. Um, they did it. I, they they make claims to have do I haven't personally closer tried than it yet. anybody else has. all the videos that I've watched of like bands actually jamming with each other seem to work yeah dude I I think it's pretty fucking cool at first I was like is there a need for this but I I actually kind of think that there is I think especially it's like to your point you know bandmates you know even as you get older like people get different schedules they yeah. move whatever this would allow you to still maintain some sort of like band practice i mean i could jam with my buddy matt who's in who's, who's in, in lake geneva and up in wisconsin yeah. or like out in the burbs yeah. or like you know you get you just like you get this interface and then you know presumably i don't know this how the subscription part actually works i should have looked that up i don't know if you like you can get like a band subscri- subscription or well, maybe with the subscription they could incorporate like the forum into it right like, so everybody exactly. who's on it you say you've got a thousand members and people are on at different times. And it's stuff. such a great idea. I wonder so there would cool. have to be, I, I, I would be surprised if they haven't thought of that, but if they haven't hire Dave, cause he knows the, what the yeah, fuck right. is up. I won't design it for you, but, uh, I so yeah, if, uh, elk, you know, if you want it, send me and Dave, we can, we'll, we'd be willing to try these out for you. We can you. test them. We yeah. can test them. We've got some folks around. We live about what? With uh, us. three miles away. A couple, couple two, three miles. Yeah. Uh, check out our, check out our, our wire, our wired connections here. Uh, well, which but, most wireless routers have the the plug in the back. Right. The only thing I was thinking is that like being over, like for instance, when I'd be over at the studio, you know, I'd often be using like a hotspot and those don't usually oh, have yeah. like a plug in. So Same it'd be kind of useless yeah. there. Um, so you'd have, you to have to just, be at home basically. You'd have to be at home or an, office an establishment or that has yeah. a router with so, solid connection. You know, that's so. a really good idea. And Lane, look, I love this shit, man, because we've been talking about this since the whole thing started. How do yeah. we jam with people? And, and you know, a that's lot of how I first been, found them. Right. When, and when we did an episode about that, I 
researched everything that was out there and they they weren't even in like the early they were in like pre-alpha stage right. stage at that point but they've actually got physical units out in the world at right. this point so i'm excited to like sort of that's great come back around to it hopefully i mean hopefully and, and 399 isn't that bad i thought it would have been no. more expensive honestly well it's a lot if you have a band and you guys all have to buy it yeah that's I mean, true that's you know very true. that's a good inv- but it's an investment and like i said i think that is where you could incorporate the forum idea or the social aspect to it to be like hey here's a group of people who also have those so if your guitar player quits and he's got one now you're not just screwed. Like it adds can, so much value. Yeah, they should do something like that. That'd be cool. And well, I could see it being really important, or even like especially for yeah, it's cool to meet like other kind of like interested uh, jamming musicians. But I could see it being really huge for pros too. Yeah, where you can't get everyone in the same room all together for rehearsals, or even if you used to do that, it'd be so much cheaper just letting everyone fucking stay at home and rehearse and from their living room. You'd probably get more rehearsals in that. Way get more too. rehearsals cheaper, yeah. whatever. Save more money for the fucking bottom line. That'd be easy, and then you just hook up a simple. Assuming it wouldn't take too much bandwidth, just a simple Zoom call or something. While you guys, you could set all up see a each kit other. for everyone, kind of like yeah. they did with yeah, like they did with the Zoom thing. Because the, like, the hey, video doesn't have to be in sync. Like it just has to be. No, you d- that's just to like hang out yeah exactly create a connection exactly you don't yeah it's you just have to hear clearly i love it man i mean this kind of shit is like why we have this podcast Mm -hmm. so we can talk about like the new upcoming shit that's right that's that's a perfect future but it's such a cool idea for like people who even even if you don't know anybody you could buy one and you could log into it and maybe you could find people to play with that'd be so cool i would fucking do that yeah i would too and 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 again like at first my thought was like well is this viable in a soon to be post lockdown pandemic world and i do think it is yeah. i do think that there's still a use and need for this even just if it's just like fucking for live streaming purposes we talked about this like i want all concerts to be live streamable even if you can pay to go to this yeah. thing like why not let fans from across the world see yeah the, the show and pay for it yeah see smashing pumpkins at the metro or exactly. some shit yeah that'd be so cool all right i love it man love it too one more thing here. yep let's keep going here's this is this is another one this actually this this final feature is this the question today, you have for this me? is a question discussion came via um the gear page and uh, a, a posting that i saw on there which can there can sometimes despite the most mostly trash there can be some really good things on there and this one i thought was cool dave who doesn't have a signature guitar that you think should me <laughs> no. dave other than you oh wow who doesn't have a signature that you think should now i've got some things written down here i want Man. you to kind of work your way through this let i'm not me, i'm not going to tease too many here because i've got a lot of let stuff me think down. about I it i want you to think about it a little while bit you tell me yours because you have had some time i've got a bunch here but i'm afraid i'm going to take them all up so i'm just going to i'm going to start with a couple that Give me two i'm going to start with a couple that i i don't think you'll that will we'll maybe necessarily jump in your brain here here's one that we've talked about recently and frankly i can't believe that this hasn't happened already a sister Rosetta Tharp signature three pickup white and gold SG custom. Let's yeah, custom. 61 right. style. How have they not made a signature of that? Yeah, I know. It actually I do know how. Well, we know how. We talked about that. Well, I looked it up and oh. it, it turns out that her there's something with her estate that um But they, also they've always been like not really into women. Well, Gibson, of course, yeah, and that that's absolutely right. But even like now that they're trying to turn that around, yeah. it would be a perfect opportunity. Oh, yeah. It turns out her estate, there's like some people sort of like almost, you know, in like the Zappa style where people are conflicted over what who should do what. So and I think, who gets the rights to the money. So yeah, I think that that, that has, I, I don't know the details, but it's from probably what I've read, it seems like, like that. that's part of it. I'll give you a okay. second one. Yeah. Now, you might not know the name of this guitar, but I bet that when you picture this guitarist, yeah. you see this guitar. Okay. And that is Kim Thale Soundgarden with that Guild SG, yeah, the S one hundred, right? 
The S100. They never make a signature. Has Guild fail. made any? Guild hasn't really made many signatures. That's a great at all. question. They, there's got to be something, but I can't think of any. Yeah. Okay. So those are those are the first two that came to my mind. I was digging deep on those. I, I've got tough, some much man. more obvious ones uh, that were that we I can. I feel talk like through. all the ones I'm thinking of in my brain, without sounding stupid, they've already like made signatures for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's, like when you think of major rock stars, I mean, of course, Dave Grohl has one. Um, Mike McCready has one, I believe. Yeah, which is blows my mind. Yeah. Um, does Peter Green have one? There, I don't believe that there's a signature Greeny. They've done kind of like reissue. Yeah, things. and that's where I don't. And there is a difference there. Yes, yes, yes. Because all right, let's just fucking get into some of the research that I did here. Okay, let's. I'm going to start with some of the the people that kind of. Well, go on. Let go me on. just throw out yeah. the obvious one that I'll I thought you of because he is my favorite. Uh, there's no John Paul Jones jazz bass. Oh, there's that's a no, a great there's a Noel call. Redding jazz I did not bass. Th- I'm I'm so glad you bring up basses because that is a big. There's blank, a there's a Noel Redding jazz me. bass, which is is essentially the same year. Yeah. I think John Paul had a sixty. Is it a stacky? No, 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 no. It's a the st- but it's just a standard sunburst. Yeah, Noel Redding has a sixty five. I picture I've seen Noel Redding's basically in the same guitar. Damn, so there is no John Paul one. Jones. That's so weird. Yeah, it's weird, right? I is guess there bottom put- signature drums? Yeah, there has to. be. I don't know. They would be Vistolites, probably. Because, right? like you were saying, you could buy the same thing, or even like a reissue. Or like a reissue that's definitely inspired but if it's by. Not, but it's it not. Doesn't have his name. I'm talking on it. about signature. And I bet you a lot of this has to do with like you were saying, like litigation and mm-hmm. like people like who has the rights to certain things. All right, All I'm right. gonna I'm gonna do some. Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna get to. The, I'm gonna save the biggest ones for last. I love this. This is great. Nels Klein, how is there no signature jazz master? Yeah. What the shit? Yeah. I mean, he's so closely associated. I can't, I mean, he's the reason that I first bought a jazz master. I know a lot of people. I told him that when I met him. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people feel that way. He put the 59 jazz master on the map. Yeah. Was, Sonic Youth were playing him. I was going to say, people uh, were Elvis Costello him. had a 59. Elvis Costello, I think his is and a he's 62 a, jazz master. He had a sick, though. He, and, he, and it's a beautiful signature. It's way That's too actually impressed. what uh, Sam Porter from Kalimasu, who just texted me, actually. We got one? Um, that's what he plays. Oh, dang. Is a, is a, that, that bad boy. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. So, how's your new Nellis Klein? Okay, here we go. Terry Kath. Yeah. The Strat? You know, I think it was a I think it was a telly that he was well I guess he played both the strat and that's a telly. the thing I in my mind I th- I picture him with the telly but you're right he did play both the strat and mm. a telly so just but like it, un- underrated he's mm-hmm. come up so many times on this show you know Hendrix Dude. Uh, everyone talked how much one of my favorite guitar players of all time so tasty. maybe maybe it's just that there isn't maybe maybe people don't really know the name enough I guess and I wonder again like he passed away while the band was still going on right. in the seventies you know or maybe it was the early eighties but the point is. Maybe they're just like, we're not going to go back to ch- try to dig up all of yeah. that, you know, lost. I want to run this one by you yes. before I get to the biggest that I've got on my okay. list here. Because I know I'm missing a few. So are you familiar with the band Krong- Krongbin? No. Krongbin? Okay. So they're, they're, I think you would really dig them. And their bass player is this chick, Laura Lee, and she's super badass and has become like super cl- and like. Anytime you see a jazz bass article or something like, or like a Fender ad, it's pretty much her with them these days. And I feel like it's super strange to me that knowing how much of a push Fender has made to be more diverse and inclusive and how Laura Lee has, and Krungbin, they've become really, they play all like Coachella and all that shit. Okay. Like they've become sort of known in the world. I would be very surprised if we don't see a signature jazz bass from her at some point. Do you know? Is it just like a newer one though? I have no like, idea what okay. it is. You'd have, have to, to, you'd have to look. Yeah, interesting. I have never heard of the band. So. Okay, before we get to these next few, um, I this one is one that really shocked me that it does exist. Uh, there are a few of these signatures that have existed. Yeah, we talked about the Kiefer Sutherland before. Uh, Jeff Daniels. 
Okay. Like the actor yeah. from Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber. has a signature Martin OM guitar. Why? Because I guess he's both a, a, a big strummer and he had this like vintage weird like pre-war Martin that had a different top on it. So it's like a combination of an OM and an, a couple different guitars basically. Yeah. And then he did some other movie that involved him playing guitar in like the early 20 teens, okay. I, I guess. I didn't know that. And and yeah, and so in like my research of this, I came across a Jeff Daniels signature Martin, which That's I, I mean, it looks like a nice guitar, but just like, what the fuck? Dude, along those lines, like a, a Steven Seagal 54 Strat would be pretty funny because he had a huge oh, Strat gosh. collection. Of course, yes. <laughs> Fucking ham hands. So All right. Good. I think that there are, to my to my mind, there are really three left to talk about. Okay. And, on, and, and two of them kind of have almost fallen into what we've talked about where there have been these kind of like reissues, reissues that are definitely that guitar, but yes. not a signature guitar. Yep. Okay. So Neil Young. There is no one more closely associated with that old black. The black Les Paul. That like that is such a famous guitar. He's wow. never had a signature. You're right. There is a there was an oh, did I write it down? They called it okay, there's so that guitar is a fifty six. Gibson, when they do the reissue of a year, it's like mm-hmm. if it's a reissue fifty six, it's an R six, reissue fifty seven, R seven. Oh, is that they made okay, an R six yeah. called the here, here it is, the Rich Hippie. Ah, okay. And it looks like old black. Does it have the Bigsby and all Bigsby that? Bigsby and the P90 oh. or the Firebird pickup, so whatever. maybe that's... But it's still not a signature guitar. They didn't put his name on it. No, right? no, no. It's called the Rich Hippie. Maybe he didn't want and it. they barely... They, it was like a super limited edition thing. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's how they skirt around it without getting like... Maybe they don't have to pay him and they're like, we can make more They money definitely didn't way. have to pay him. I mean, it's called the Rich Hippie. No, that's what I mean. Right? Like, yeah. That's why they didn't put his name on it. I don't... You'd have to think that getting Neil Young involved would change things. I don't know. Yeah. Here we go. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna save this last one second to last one, Johnny Greenwood. Oh yeah, it's Telly. That that Telly. Just a sunburst Telly. It's right? a sunburst Telly plus. Oh. From the '90s, I believe. White pickguard, right? White pickguard with a, a like a humbucker in the bridge, a and then there's like yeah, I think there's like a ducker. I don't remember what kind of stickers yeah. on there. That'd be cool. Ed O'Brien, who's not the famous guitar player from Radiohead, has a signature. No strat. way! Oh yeah, we've talked about it on. It's a cool guitar. It's got a Fernandi sustainer. I in the forgot neck. about that. He has a signature guitar, but ah. Johnny Greenwood doesn't. Like to me, must mean that Johnny didn't want one because, again, Ed O'Brien is not the famous guitar right. player in Radiohead. I love Ed O'Brien, but yeah. he like Johnny Greenwood would would be the guy. Oh, me too. You yeah, know? I mean, he's, they, I, I would imagine Tom York would have one before Ed O'Brien. So. Yeah. That is surprising to me. Now here I'm going to get to get to the last one. And this okay, and I, I want to keep going on this because yeah. I, I have some ideas too. Oh, what but, do you got before? Let, let, let's. Oh let's well, ideas. I, I mean, and this goes along the lines with like the reissue thing, but like there is no Bob Dylan Martin. Right? There are. There's Bob Dylan Martin. There is there? Are, there are a few Bob Dylan Martins. Haven't yeah. seen that though. Yep. Okay, I was thinking the old one Over that he the had, years. the really the uh, the little body one, like the yeah, those little parlor guitars. Parlor guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there have been some Bob Dylan guitars okay. for sure. Cool. Fair enough. But you know what? There hasn't been what. And I th- and I think you're gonna be like, how when we talked about this, fucking Keith. Oh, wait, what? There is no signature Keith Richards guitar. How did I not even think of that? That's what I, honestly I was waiting. That's why I didn't start oh. there. I was waiting for Maybe you. Maybe I just assumed. Wow, what you would think. Oh, there is, but there, dude, there fucking hasn't. And I went down a rabbit hole. The butterscotch telly with the with the missing. With, it could come without with the string. With the PAF missing the string. Yeah, the PAF is upside down in yep, the neck. That's dude, right. Check this out. Oh, I don't. I didn't write any of the details down, but I found. I can send you a link. 
in, I believe in the early 2000s, Stones did a tour and they're like, Fender's like, we really want to make a signature macabre, you know, the fucking, his guitar, the famous, I don't, I don't even remember what macabre means, but it means something. Yeah. You know, like you said, Butterscotch 52, yep. the humbucker, All the the little missing the thing. He's like, okay, send it to me first. So I don't remember, again, what tour it was, but he did a whole tour with it. A Fender Custom Shop, Telly. I think I've heard he about play, this. He played like his other guitars too, yeah, but then but it he, was like, the on mix. this tour, he, he brought it in the mix. Yeah. And then at the end of the tour, he didn't say anything. He just, it just showed up at Fender one day. He just sent it back. Sent it back. So they tried to make... A signature. Maybe they didn't like his and, response. To and he like, said, "No, check, you can." That guitar is for. It wound up like leaving Fender. That guitar is for sale right now. It's like some uh, Matt's guitar shop. I found no uh, shit. That has it. So um, the one that was played by him. Played by him. Wow. So they made. There is a custom shop, and it's and it looks very similar. There are a couple things that are a little different, but like even the bridge, everything like right. it looks like you would think it's it's Keith's guitar. But he um he I guess it like just wasn't you know. He, he likes his old ones. Here's what here's what else is really interesting about this discussion. And I, I know we've talked about this before because we've talked about SIGs on here before. But to make a signature guitar, obviously the player has to be well-known. or but, but most importantly, I think they have to play something that is either modified or somewhat original to what they already have exactly in their line. Because I, I don't know oh, if they're going to... Oh, where it's not just like you're saying, like John Paul Jones playing a stock jazz bass. Exactly. Like they have a reissue of the 62, which you could buy, mm-hmm. or even the Noel Redding will get you right yep. there. Um, and Or like I was thinking like the Getty Lee jazz bass I had was the 72, but it has like the neck shave down. It has the extra wound totally. pickups. Yeah. So there are like little things about it that make it worth a, worth being a singer. It can't, it can't be redundant to the lineup no. just because it can't just be like a copy of a seventies jazz bass because they have that. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there are any that have come up like slash. I mean, the, I'm, I'm sure that those are just like stock. Yeah. Les Paul's right. But like with his finish, but they like made such a big deal out of the slash collection. Right. And there's like the Epiphone. They put a sticker collection. of like a Cobra on it or something. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so I think that's it. There are some signatures that are sort of questionable. Not just, I mean, yes, Slash is one of the most identifiable Les Paul players, but there aren't really any, there aren't things that he does to a Les Paul to make it like unique or, like or the, different uh, or whatever. The Eric Clapton Blackie. That's just, isn't that just a standard strat? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that guitar, that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't one guitar. He, the story is Clapton bought yeah. a bunch of guitars and they t- took the best parts and put them together or whatever. Right. It was like the first parts caster. Right. But uh, but yeah, they made a re- just, they made a signature of that. they made a sing- they made a number of signatures yeah. of that. But to your, to your point, so I guess I guess it, depending on how big the name is, yeah, they might not care. Yeah, it yeah. might really truly and it, just and be it might not be worth them to do the deal because it might be. I bet you they've got a whole department that's like that works on this shit, and they're like, of course, we're yeah. trying to get so and so artist. They want too much money, shit. like you know, they want it to look like this, and we already have this one in our line. Like, there's all kinds of. Things the reasons why they wouldn't make one, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's fucking interesting, man. Keith, man. Keith, come on. It's too late now. He's I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna do one now. Did you ever see that telecaster somebody made with Keith's face on it? I don't think so. It's a I wanna say it's a fifties, but like somebody like painted his face on it. It's it's kinda cool looking. It's not it's been on eBay for I years. See it. Like they want like fifty thousand dollars for it or something. Perfect. Uh, I'll send it to you. But I saw it's last thing, uh, I don't remember who it is, but oh it's I think it's um Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is opening a reverb shop and they're selling something that we've talked about a lot on this show, which is a bunch of signed guitars. 
And I ha- couldn't help but think of our conversations where we've established that more often than not, yeah. a sign guitar actually devalues the instrument. Unless you're trying to collect from that specific person. Exactly. Yeah, or band. It's like I, one of the things that sticks in my mind is it was like a, a flying V signed by all the members of My Chemical Romance. And it's like, I don't think they ever even played flying Vs. And like, do their fans want to buy a sign guitar? I don't know. Some uh, people love that band. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. Do, uh, but like, are they the kind of people that would want to buy that? I don't, maybe, maybe. Maybe there's a few of them, but it's certainly not like your average reverb shopper. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't. Yeah. We'll have to, I'll have to send that to you. But we'll hey, man. Great fucking episode. Great yeah. hangs. Great yeah, letting dude. me air my, my dirty laundry every dude, week. Dude, all that. We, we got the fan, the fan love. Got and, some fan love, man. I mean, hope you're feeling good from that. It keep, made me feel good. I am. I feel great, man. Keep it coming, guys. Keep it coming, guys. And, and hey, if you made it this far, go make some music.